Welcome to Maybe You're Interested, a weekly podcast where we discuss topics in culture, questions from scripture, or things that we just find humorous or interesting. This podcast is brought to you by Northview Church in Kodak, Tennessee, and you can reach out to us anytime by visiting our website at www.mynorthview.church. Thanks for joining us. And now, on to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Maybe You're Interested, a podcast of Northview Church. I am Jesse Cade. I will be hosting today, and I'm joined by Zaven Gregg, who you guys have seen a couple of times, and we have a special guest today, his dad, Shane Gregg. So we're going to try not to have any fights here at the table. <laughs> um, that's why they put me in the middle, just to make sure. But um, Shane, will you uh, introduce yourself and just tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm Shane Gregg. I'm really nobody special. Um I grew up here in Strawberry Plains. Uh, God's country. Yep. Um, I work in the import and export, and I got two, uh, I call them man boys. This is one of them. Um, <laughs> two man boys and got a wife of 20 years and happily married and loving God. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you joining us tonight, and um, we are going to be talking today um, about addiction. And uh, this is actually an idea that Zaven had had and, and kind of wanted to go over and um, go over some of these things. So I'll, I'll just get right into it tonight. Um, what do we do right and wrong as a church when dealing with people struggling with addiction? I'll start with you, Zaven. I think it's a topic that I, isn't really discussed very often. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we talk about how there's addiction and there's drugs and stuff running throughout the community and... All of that good stuff, but it's we never really get down to it. And I mean, with addiction as well, I don't believe that it's just drugs and alcohol. I think that there's yeah. a lot of addictive behaviors and habits and lifestyles that people get caught up in and can't get out of, or it's really hard to get out of. And like I said, I think that specifically looking at addiction, I think that it's a topic that doesn't ever really get brought up. I think it's something that. We say we'll pray for you. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest excuse any Christian can ever make is we'll yeah. pray. I'll pray for you. Yeah. But I also think that not many of us Christians who've never dealt with it understand it. Yeah. So. I think that's a good point. I think a lot of us as Christians, it's one of those things that we just don't want to think about a lot of times. So Shane, what do you think as far as as a church as a whole, and not specifically Northview Church, but but what do you think that we do right, and, and what do you think that we do wrong? It's almost like it's a love them or hate them mm -hmm. i mean there's really not a a lot of times there's not a middle ground yeah um because once they, from a drug and, and alcohol perspective mm -hmm. um once someone finds out somebody is an addict or has been an addict um a lot of the people either love them to death yeah or, or i wouldn't say hate them but they look down upon them because yeah. they don't understand the ones that love them is people that are probably dealing with that in their family or have dealt with it themselves or they've had some experience with it yeah um but as far as what we do right, um, a lot of churches offer recovery groups. Yeah. Uh, some of them have recovery meetings, which is uh, I, I led one for a few years, and yeah. I am a recovering alcoholic and drug addict. Okay. Um, been 20, be 21 years in November. That's awesome. Um, 
So, but recovery groups is a big part of it. I mean, it's yeah. where you, you build a group of people that you can trust yeah. that are I, dealing with the same things that you, you have. And I know there's one um, out towards uh, East Town. Uh, one, the, one of those churches out there does it, but I, I really haven't seen a lot of other churches that do um, around here locally. And I know um, I worked in uh, Sevierville and Pigeon Forge for a long time, and I know there was a lot of like opioid addiction up there, and uh, there was just no resources for those people to really turn to it was uh work your job as a server get a lot of cash from all the tourists and then turn that cash into pain pills and and whatever that may be so and i know what you're talking about too whenever you say um you know people look down on you in the church i i struggled a little bit with alcohol whenever i was uh probably between the ages of 19 and 22 i'm so sorry mom but um (laughs) i hope that you still love me after this but i know that you will but um you know whenever i went to church um after that you know i I know that some people probably knew that i was struggling with that and I, i felt that i felt that that people were looking down on me and doing those things um so what do we specifically and what do we people or what do people specifically church people think of when we think of addiction we kind of answered it there but what are your thoughts Evan? well like i said earlier i think that the first thing we think of is drugs we think of alcohol we think of a lifestyle where every bit of our money goes that person's money goes there yeah that's where their time is spent they care about no one nothing but themselves sometimes i think we even have a sometimes even a selfish perspective and think that that's the way that they're living and sometimes we kind of sit back and go well they need to take care of it they need to make sure that they get this stuff together and i think that like i said earlier it's something that's not talked about and because i don't think that it's very understood unless you're going through it i think that it's something that i mean we were talking about drugs and alcohol but i'd mentioned earlier about addictive behaviors i mean you have pornography you've got lifestyles that can be very addicting i think that one of them that kind of goes around today is like i even think that sometimes when you like people who struggle with weight and giving up yeah. food i've know i've heard of those before i've seen them on tv where people struggle with an eating habit and an eating disorder and things like that where it i think that sometimes it is it starts with an addiction to yeah. that kind of stuff and like i said i think that it's a comes from a place of people not understanding what it means understanding the mindset that it takes and how hard it is to come out of it and we think that just sitting back that it's their battle that it's what they have to deal with that it's what they're going through and we have nothing to do with it and i think that sometimes like you had said earlier the love the love hate thing or turning your back on that person i think for the people that don't love i think it's a fear of they almost they, they almost say it's their fault. It's that person's fault that they're in that position, and they need to get themselves out of it. And I think that there's some truth to that, but I think as Christians that's not the way that we should see it because it's just another struggle just like any other sin that's out there or any yeah. other struggle that we as humans deal with. So I think it's just something that's completely misunderstood yeah. because no one wants to I, don't, I think no one wants to ask the questions yeah. that need to be asked well i think that's a really good point too i think one thing that we as as christians get caught up in a lot and i've seen it a lot in church and you guys i know have both been in church for large parts of your life um you know i think people that are, are regular churchgoers think oh well well jesse's drinking but that's way worse than me lying you know on this other oh thing. yeah you know, yeah. they, they start to compare sin and do some of those things. And um, it, it gets pretty slippery whenever whenever churches start to do things like that. So 
Shane, I'll, I'll ask you, why do you think why do you think people turn to addiction? What do you think it is? Oh man, that's kind of a loaded question. Well, no, it? I mean it, it's <laughs> there's usually a a lot of times. Well, I would have to say from my experience, it sure. started out as just experimental. Yeah. I mean, I was just trying it out. Um, then I, I I got really heavy into it, yeah. and I didn't know myself um, that a lot of the times it's to cover something up that's happened in your life. Okay. Um, I dealt with things as as a very small child that um, I didn't realize they bothered me as much as they did. Sure. Um, but as I got older, I, I guess my anger kind of started building over it. Yeah. So a lot of times I believe it's, it's, it, there's, there's a root to the problem. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people don't know what that root of the problem is. Some of them do, and they don't want to face it. Yeah. But it's really easy to, from a, from a drug and al- alcohol perspective, um, I mean, that's, that's, that's where my mind goes when I think yeah. of addiction. Um, it's just real easy to cover something up and, and just mask it. Yeah. Um, because you're not dealing with the, in your right frame of mind. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Zavin? Well, I mean, being raised and hearing all the stories growing up and stuff from my dad and hearing how it goes, I mean, I think, like he said, it's there's an underlying issue that kind of starts it. And I think not only do does it feel like – I mean, you, you said it started off recreational, kind of just a experimental thing that it wasn't anything real. But I think that sometimes people turn to these things in the beginning sometimes – without it being just for fun or just for the experience, I think that sometimes they turn to them with the idea of just being able to feel something different than what they're feeling in that moment. I think that sometimes they sit back and they, I can't really speak for it because it's not something I deal with. Sure. But I think that it's just the feeling of being able to cover it up or to feel something different or maybe just to get your mind out of that place for just a short period or a long period of time. But like something I, I kind of the qu- a question that I have about it, and maybe you could answer it for me, Dad. Is so like when you're going through that, when you're in the middle of it, it's not at the very beginning. You're kind of in the place now where you're starting to realize that you have this addiction. Like, what's that mindset like? Like that would answer kind of I guess, like I said, me not knowing and me not being in that place. Like, does is, is it just like a normal everyday thing or is it something you think about before you do it or after oh, no, you do you it it's just, you just you just do it it's like you said a lot of times you're trying to mask something and it you're right most things only happen for or most things only last for a certain period of time eventually that wires off when that wires off you're back to reality you don't want to deal with reality well what do i do i go get high again yeah i mean that's what that's what addicts do um, and it becomes a pattern and you become dependent on it and as far as how do you feel, um, as far as I – I would have to say there's times I did feel regrets. Um, you was a kid. You was a, a baby. Um, and there was times that I was just – I was doing stuff that I didn't need to be doing. Wasn't, wasn't being a good daddy to you. Um, took me a while to realize that. But I realized it at times. But then what do I do then? I'm just well, go get high. I mean, that's what addicts do. I mean, you – you you celebrate the good stuff and you celebrate the bad stuff. Oh, yeah. it's my birthday. Oh, I'm gonna get high. Oh, I, I've been a crappy daddy. Oh, I'm gonna get high. I mean, that's that's what addiction does. It, it it covers and and masks the 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 root cause of the problem that you don't want to deal with. Yeah. And, and I don't care. I, I have no problem sharing my story. Oh yeah. At any point. I mean, I it ain't 
it's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think too to to both of those points, I think that that we as humans are born with we're selfish in nature. We are born with a god sized hole in us. And I think that some people try to fill that hole with other things and they try to try to use drugs or use alcohol or do whatever it takes to to fill that wholeness. Um, But God is the answer to that. And I feel like for you, you were lucky enough. I don't know your upbringing very much or anything like that, but I would guess that you probably grew up in church and spent a lot of time in church. So you knew you could come back to that. But I, I guess what my main concern would be is for the people that don't have that up, upbringing and don't know where to turn, what do we do for them? How do we help those people? What do you guys do? You guys have any thoughts on that? I think that's a hard one. Yeah, <laughs> I think that that's something. That's that why I'm be glad better, I'm hosting. I get to that. Ask might be a better question for you because in that mindset of not of, I mean, kind of like what we've been talking about is the mindset of me, 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 and how do I feel and masking what I'm dealing with and thinking about like. To now have to help somebody who does not believe in God, does not believe in Jesus, does, has never been to church, and has turned to this lifestyle that where it's been they've been in it for a year, yeah. ten years, twenty years, however long it's well, been. Well, honestly, their parents probably did it too, so it's just a normal thing for them. Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a hard <laughs> that's a hard way for thing for me to answer. What about you? Well, I mean, it's a. Uh... As far as – I'm trying to remember the question. <laughs> My mind's thinking here, but I'm trying to remember exactly what the specific no, question was. It was just um, – so, obviously, you kind of had that background of growing up in church oh, yeah. and seeing those things. Yeah. So, you kind of knew, okay, I can come I remember the question this. now. Yeah. I got you now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for people that's that don't grow up in yeah, something exactly, like that. Yeah. But how do you, where do you go for help, and how do you get help, and how do you help them? I have been attempting to help people for about 20 years. Yeah. Um, I would go to their houses. I would meet them somewhere. I would bring them to my house, um, just befriend them and love them. And some of them didn't know Christ, and some of them did. Um, The only thing I've ever done in my recovery is point them to Christ. Um, If they don't know him, I can introduce them to him. Uh, And that's all I know because it's through Christ that I was able to come to where I'm at now I've I've traveled down the journey and and made it to where I am now but I'm not the man that I used to be Um, and I can share that story I'm I'm very appreciative of the not proud but appreciative of the journey that I took sure uh, because I can use that and have used that for 20 years to attempt to help others yeah Uh, the sad part is in all of the people that I've attempted to help it's just maybe a handful of them that quite get it yeah and it registers with them because a lot of people out there know they need help, um, but it's a it's a lifestyle change from from a, again from a drug and alcohol and well not even that I mean I've helped people that's that's struggled with pornography addiction. Yeah. I mean there's so many addictions out there. I mean oh gosh I yeah. mean you got nicotine and but as far as trying to help them it's it's I'll be honest it's been frustrating and I've had points where I've come to where I'm done. Yeah. I, I've give all I can give. I'm I'm done. Yeah, and I'll move on to the next. Um, that's sad that I've had to do that. Sure, but when but they when it don't click, do it yeah. yes, they have to have a desire. And you can tell the ones that do and the ones that don't. But even the ones that do, sometimes it's, yeah. it they they just fail because it's something that you have to 
changing your daily lifestyle. Yeah. Well, and I could see your point of view on that too, of how frustrating that would be because you've kind of seen the light at the end of the tunnel and you've seen like, okay, this can be my life as opposed to this. So you know how good it could be for them. And then you almost care more than they do, if that makes sense yeah. of, of about their sobriety. Yeah. So I've, I've, and you're correct. I, I grew up in church. Yeah. Um, my dad pastored church for years addiction was not a big thing in my family yeah um, i was like the black sheep i guess that <laughs> I, why i went down that road i don't know yeah. i mean i do know but i chose it for some reason um and, and a lot of that had to do with uh things that happened my, my dad committed suicide when i was three okay so i didn't know him yeah um and as i got older that bothered me more and more and more and more and more yeah. and i didn't realize it so i was masking it with uh, the drugs and alcohol and then it kind of took me over yeah one thing I kind of, I question I kind of had out of all of that we just talked about was, so we were talking about how you had helped people uh, come out of addiction or come, go through addiction and lead them to Christ and the ones that got it and the ones that didn't. But I guess the question I have is, is it harder? I guess, I, I mean, okay, yeah, it would be. But, like, is it possible do you think for somebody who has never gone through that to be able to help someone in that, or is that something that's just, if you, you really need to point them to somebody who's either been educated, has had professional help or has learned underneath somebody, or do you think that it's something that anyone can do as long as you really, really know God and you really study your Bible, or is it like a, you have to have that experience to really be able to For do my it? opinion, and this is my opinion, I mean, do I think someone that is that knows Christ and is a very strong, God-believing, biblical, uh, spiritual being can help somebody that's that's suffering with addiction? I think they can, but I don't think it's going to be easy. Um, when I went into into rehab, I went to a thirty-day rehab program, um, and it, they wanted me to be a counselor after the thirty days. Uh, because the requ- one of the requirements to be a counselor was you had to be a recovering addict yeah. because you don't know what somebody's going through unless you've been through it. It's kind of the walking in the shoes of the, I mean, you, yeah. as like you said, you've never walked in my shoes, so you don't yeah. know. So, I mean, I think it would be a big help for someone that has dealt with addiction to be able to guide someone down the road that they need to go to, to recovery. Yeah. Because... I'm still a recovering addict. I mean, you get two of the wrong people together yeah. and you get somebody that don't have a lot of time under their belt and trying to help someone that's fresh in recovery and they can both veer off together real easy. I've seen yeah. that happen. Um, I mean, it's you have to really be strong and, and you have to have a good support system. Yeah. Um, my wife and my family has been a big support system. I mean, Churches that I've been parts of have been big supports, been supportive because I share my story. Yeah. And I tell them where I've been and where I am. Well, and I think that's just such a good, um, that's such a good thing too, is that you do share the story. And I remember whenever Zavin had initially came up to me and Greg and said, Hey, you know, I want to talk about this one day. I think I'd get my dad to come on and talk about it. That's it. I mean, I think that people, anytime that you sin and want to get back into church, you're so scared to get back into church, not because God doesn't forgive you, but because you're afraid of the, the church not forgiving you and some of those things, and just the shame that you feel walking back into church. 
Well, God knew that you were going to do that. God knew you were going to mess up and, and knew everything that was going to happen, and he loved you anyways, and he would have died for you anyways. So I think that's one really important thing to remember too. Um, one thing that I'm really curious about with, with your journey specifically, so I guess at, at what point did you think, okay, I've got to change. Like I can't do this anymore. <laughs> was there a breaking point or yes. was it just a, a, over a certain amount of time? Well, it was – they say a lot of the stuff that we do is hereditary, mm-hmm. um, and he was, I think he was two or maybe three, and as I'd already mentioned, I wasn't a good father at sure. father figure at that point, um, and I was going down the path and pretty close to doing the same thing my dad did. Yeah. Um, I had a shotgun in my hand, had a shell in the other, looked in the mirror, and I sat down on my bed. And there was a, a mirror. And I know people don't believe you can hear an audible voice of God. Mm-hmm. But I heard a voice that day that said, you're getting ready to do to your son what your father did to you. And that clicked. Yeah. That clicked. Um, I had a friend living with me at the time, and I, I went and I said, here's what happened. I handed him the gun. I said, go put this away. Didn't know what I was going to do, yeah. but I knew I had to do something different. Um, so I called I called him my dad. He's mm-hmm. my stepfather, but he's my dad. He raised me since yeah. I was five. I called him. He said, son, he said, you're a drug addict and alcoholic. He said, the only thing that's going to help you is for you to go into a 30-day rehab program. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm game. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I started calling around, and this was around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, they stay full. Okay. It's hard to get into – a, a facility I bet, yeah and they told me they were uh filled up they didn't have a bed they said we'll call you when we get one I said okay and it was the following day it was november the 16th they called me I said we got a bed if you're willing so i said yeah so i went and packed my clothes and headed down to the recovery center and That's walked awesome. in not having any idea what to expect yeah how scary was that just well you made that commitment and now okay the rubber meets the road you got to walk yeah. into this place and, and do it well that's what's cool i mean i as i said I, i've grown up in church yeah i've was it a faith-based exper- organization yes okay well yes okay yes and no okay <laughs> it all depends on the counselor sure uh but a lot of state-funded stuff they can't use the yeah. word god they have to use higher power yeah but I knew who my higher power was. Yeah. Um, so I walked into the facility, and a lot of people's probably heard of the 12-step program. Yes. Yeah. Um, as soon as I walked through the door to the right-hand side were the 12 steps, which I'd heard of, but I'd never read them. Yeah, I've never looked at them. I stopped and read them, and it was all pointing to God. Yeah. And I got that. I was like, if that's what this is truly is, yeah. it's going to work. And that was my mindset when I went in there that this is every. I mean, I don't care if they want to call it. They they would tell you you could, got your higher power could be a doorknob, but I yeah. knew who my God is. Yeah, um, and that was how I I took that program. I learned things about myself I didn't know. Yeah, I learned. Uh, I mean, it was it was very scary. Yeah. Um, well, it's a lot of, uh, like you said. I mean, you know, in your story, you you specifically said I look myself in the mirror. There's a lot of looking yourself in the mirror. I would say whenever you're going through that program yeah. and going through that process, so that would be that would be difficult. My main thought was. Hey, you had to miss Thanksgiving dinner. That yeah. sounded terrible. <laughs> I had to miss my family. Yeah. I didn't get to spend, I think they got to see me once on Sundays. They could see me for a couple of hours. Yeah. But that was it. Other than that, I was in there with 
other people that were doing the same things I was doing. Yeah. Uh, 45 other people. Wow. It was, uh, it was definitely an experience. Speaking of speaking in the mirror, um, I didn't realize I had a low self-esteem when I was in there. Yeah. But they pick up on that, and they would give you assignments. Um, if you were too rough and tough, they would give you a teddy bear to carry around. <laughs> I didn't carry no teddy bear. <laughs> but they made me look in the mirror. I would have to get up with three other roommates and look in the mirror and tell myself I love myself. Oh, wow. And then come and share with the group why I love myself. Yeah. And it took me. I think it's about six days, and, but even that little silly exercise mm-hmm. took me another step toward yeah. where I needed to be in my recovery to understand. I I gotta love myself. God loves me. I mean, it, it's it yeah. was it was an experience. Yeah. A question that I think that I don't know. We're probably running really long on time, but no, I think that's fine. a very valid question to ask. Is I know this because I've lived with you my entire life, and I pretty much I know you've said this, but I think other people would like to know the answer to this. So you keep referring to yourself, and you mentioned before that it's been almost almost twenty one years, or is it twenty one years in November? Twenty one years in November that you've been that you've pretty much been clean. You've been out of all of that, but you still refer to yourself as a recovering drug addict and alcoholic. Why recovering? If you've been out of it for 21 years, why still recovering? Like, what's that mindset like now after you've been out of it for that long? Is it still something you struggle with? Is it still something that goes by? Is there still thoughts? or how? There's still thoughts. I mean, even though I'm 20 years now clean, I still have my days that I don't want to deal with reality. Um, I'm, I, I get through it a lot easier than I used to. Sure. But there's days that I don't want to deal with different. I mean, I process things through my head. I look into the future <laughs> and I think of things that may happen and I wonder what will I do? Um, would I go back to what I did? I would think I would like to say I won't, yeah. but I process that in my head to think, okay, what would you do, Shane? Yeah. I mean, I have to lean on God in all that I do. And it's only by the grace and the mercy of him that I'm where I'm at today. And I have to keep that in my mind. Yeah. But there's days I wake up that if it's a bad day, I, I still have those thoughts and one of the worst thoughts you can have is, I, mean, I can probably handle it this time. Yeah. But I know I can't. Well, I think a really interesting point that you made there, and I think specifically us as men, um, we think we can do things on our own. And we mm-hmm. think, oh, no, I got this. I can handle this. But um, you're right. Without his grace and mercy, I, you know, where would any of us be? That's, that's a really good. I'm glad you made that point. So what are some signs that we can pay attention to when dealing with people who are struggling with addiction? What are some things that we can look for? Um, because there's probably people out there, you know, struggling with it a lot, and you would never know. I mean, you're just looking at them, you never know. They live a perfect life, um, would never think anything about it kind of thing. And, and that's the scary thing is, yeah. so the drug scene's changed a lot from 20 years. Oh, sure, um, yeah. It's, it's a lot different scene than it used to be. And the sad thing is a lot of people that you may know and deal with on a daily basis struggle with it and there's no signs yeah. none whatsoever um and that that'll change in time it will catch up with them but the signs that you can look for is uh one of the biggest ones is is isolation okay. i mean staying away from the people that you love and the people that know you so well um because i was really bad about that i mean i isolated myself from my family yeah even though they, they were aware of what, I mean, I didn't hide what I did, yeah. but I was a bit of a shame, so I just stayed away. Sure. Uh, isolation, um, unaccountable spending of money that 
they don't know where it went. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say sleeping habits, uh, whether it's sleeping too much or not ever sleeping. Yeah. I mean, there's there's different things that you can that you can see that changes uh, sleeping habits, places that that they hang out. Um, uh, what else? I don't know. I mean, it's it's just there. It's really hard to pinpoint a lot of them. Sure. Well, it's a case-by-case case on everybody. Okay. Yeah, I mean, everybody's different. different. Um, I mean, I, for me, it was mainly isolation and, and money spending. I mean, yeah. I would just blow through paychecks like yeah. that. Borrowing money, uh, need to borrow uh, yeah. 20 bucks, um, need to run out of gas. Lying, oh, they'll lie like crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's that just to get 20 bucks or this yeah. and that, I mean, big-time lies. Yeah, that's one of the things that I struggle with whenever I pull up to a gas station and somebody asks me for money is, I don't know what they're going to do with it. But I feel like, and a lot of times, I'll just give money and think, okay, I've, I've done my part, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of, yep. and go about it with that attitude. Because if I have the other attitude, I would never give anybody anything, and that's kind of how I think of it. Um, so what are some ways then – that we can help people going through addiction, us as Christians. Um, what do you think, Zayvon? Some specific ways. I think that one of the first things, and I keep bringing it up, but I think that it'll be brought up about a bunch of different other struggles and topics that I think we'll go through eventually, is I think that to have some sort of an understanding and not just accept it for what it is and just go, all right, that's their deal and it's not mine, I think wanting to understand that and to understand and i think this this podcast this episode has definitely been a help to someone whether it's whether they're dealing with addiction or whether it's a they want to understand it because they have someone that they're kin to friends with or around constantly just to be able to help understand it but i think that you mentioned earlier about having uh groups and stuff like that for people to come to and talk about i think that i think something i was going to mention earlier i think that sometimes with those groups when you label it something along the lines of an addiction meeting everybody goes drugs and alcohol and those people that are struggling with pornography or food or whatever other addictions there are go i'm not a drug addict or alcoholic i don't need to go to that or Or they don't want to be labeled as that because oh if i go to the meeting they're going to think i'm a heroin addict (laughs) and all i do is like little debbie cakes yeah Yeah, that's true too and i think that sometimes too is they're like my addiction's not anywhere near that so i mean i don't think i need to go then because i think that i think those groups are a great help as well and being that loving christian and those loving people that not the ones that turn your back on them but the ones that just hold you wrap you up and love you and i think that sometimes too we got to have some patience and i don't think that since us as christians who've never who've never dealt with addiction I think that that's something that we don't understand fully yeah. until we deal with something. Because, I mean, like I said, I've, I've watched you lead these groups. I've watched you be around these people and try to help these people. And there's some points where I know that me and Joy, which is my stepmom, mm-hmm. goes just like, why is he still putting his time in with these people? Why is he still trying? Some of these people, in my mind, I'm just like, they've given up. Why are, why are you still giving them the time of day? And I'm like... It's the patience part. It's those tests of yeah. patience that God gives us to teach us, and I think that that's something we definitely need to learn. But other than that, I don't. I'm, I don't have any great ideas, any great grand ideas. But like maybe 
you can tell us something maybe that we're not doing that you think would be able to help or ways of going about those types of situations and maybe even a prayer or scriptures that you use that helped you for maybe those people that are listening that are going through Galatians it. 5 1 is a scripture that we used to use um, look that one up um, it's a great scripture but from a, from a drug and alcohol perspective uh, just quit's not an option um, that, that's what a lot of people's minds are. Well, yeah. Won't you just quit? Yeah. Like, well, it's not that easy. Yeah. Um, there's a process that you have to go through. But, but to expand it, I mean, I know we're talking about addiction, but I've learned this as I, I led uh, recovery support groups. Um, you can expand that to for churches and, and other places to provide support groups. You don't have to call it a, a recovery. Support groups for grieving. Yeah. People that grieve, that have to deal with widows, that have to deal with, with, yeah. with death. Um, I mean, there's so many de- anger. I mean, people do struggle with anger. Yeah. I'm sure we have people that sit in, this, sit in the congregation that struggle with anger. We may not know it and never see it, but yeah. you open the door and they may decide, okay, maybe I do need to come and sit down because there's – the scary – the bad part is a lot of people won't step forward because they think they're going to be judged yeah. uh, because we – do judge we say we don't oh, but yeah, we do, we do. Yeah. Uh, but just opening the door for not only an addiction recovery group but people that deal with anxiety people that deal with depression people that deal with eating i mean overeating uh, there's just so many things that, that as a church can can do just finding the right person to head it up that has a a passion and a drive yeah. for that i think that's a way that we that we can reach outside these doors yeah. of a church to the community to try to help them. And, and, and in every one of those groups, they have to be pointed to Christ in everything that we do. I think, too, I mean, whenever I think about this and ways that, that we can help people going through addiction, the first thing that, that comes to my mind is, um, and it's going to sound kind of corny, but what would Jesus be doing with people with addiction? Jesus would be out there fighting the battles with them. He would be mm-hmm. out there walking through their daily lives with them. And I think we as Christians so many times, we we turn our noses up at those things and, and don't give them kind of the time of day just because, to your point, having a lot of us not ever having been through it, we don't know what it's like, you know, and, and whether, uh, you know, I give uh, Meg, I, I, I tell Megan all the time that one of my spiritual gifts is empathy and i hate it so much sometimes i don't have that <laughs> yeah because like i can uh, i can kind of put myself in other put myself in other people's shoes and, and try to understand like what they're going through and um don't get me wrong it's a great spiritual gift to have it is. but um gosh it's terrible sometimes whenever you're dealing <laughs> with stuff like that so um I, I just think though if we think to ourselves what would jesus do in this situation and i know that that's such a oversimplified but it's the truth i mean what would he do he would be out there and he would be helping these people um is there anything that that you wanted to cover that maybe we didn't ask tonight or anything that um that you wanted to go over specifically either of you zavin or i mean i if there's anybody out there listening that is struggling with addiction or has a family member that is struggling with addiction um get help uh, first you have to want help uh, but reach out and and take that first step and maybe it's just education that you need yeah. to realize there is help out there and it's not that complicated um i mean it's i mean i went through it when my i was almost 30 and it i'm not a licensed counselor yeah um but i've learned enough in my journey that i can at least guide somebody down the right path along with other 
recovering addicts and, and alcoholics that's done the same. I mean, when you walk in those shoes for that long and you get some time under your belt, you're, one of the steps is to help out. That's the last step. The 12th okay. step is to assure that you're trying to help someone else. Okay. Uh, but if you're out there struggling, get help. Uh, because, I mean, I've buried a lot of friends, uh, young friends, that's dealt, that's dealt with addiction, and it's, it's not going to just disappear and go away one day. Yeah. It's a progressive uh, problem. Absolutely. Zayvon, do you have anything you wanted to add? No, I think that pretty much covered it all. All right. Well, Shane, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I really enjoyed having you. And um, I like getting into these topics. You know, last week we talked about sex trafficking, and this week we're talking about addiction. I don't know what Greg's going to talk about next week whenever he hosts, but um, we'll see. (laughs) So uh, thank you guys for joining us for Maybe You're Interested. We meet every Sunday at 1030. Um, I don't know the address because Greg usually says that part, (laughs) but uh, I think it's 340 East Dumplin something west 340 west dumpling uh in kodak tennessee um be sure that whatever you guys listen to this on however you get your podcasts you like subscribe and review um it'll just help us with our numbers and the metrics that they look at on those things um and we'll see you guys next week thanks